0: The three most complicated fluids that we know of are blood, red wine, and olive oil. And this to me, like when i when I say I can see flavor, like when I taste this, this is this has a lot going on. This is a symphony with a lot of instruments. You've got the fruit in one section, all the different, you know, a little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of um, fig, a little bit of cherry compote, berries little bit of green apple, but like baked apples. So that's like the fruit section, right? And then you've got the spice section. And the, I'm imagining this orchestra in my mind of, of this wine.
1: Did you get it yet? In your inbox? My Wine Tips Cheat Sheet? No? What are you waiting for? It's free. I'll send it to you. This thing took me way too long to put on paper and craft my thoughts and my tips for you on wine, but it's super helpful and super easy. And if you go to sipwithnikki.com forward slash resource, I'll email it to you. Where to start with this week's guest. I met Dr. Hobie Wedler over a decade ago. I was inspired by him. I was excited to learn more about him and learn with him and we have been friends and entrepreneurs together pretty much since then. He has been completely blind since birth and is a chemist and an entrepreneur. He's a sensory expert, he loves wine, and he loves Dave Matthews, just like I do, so I knew we were gonna be fast friends. Hobie has a PhD in organic chemistry from UC Davis, which that in and of itself blows my mind. He founded a nonprofit in 2011 that helps to lead chemistry camps for blind and visually impaired students. He's won numerous awards. I can't list them all here, but some that I find very noteworthy. This gentleman named President Barack Obama recognized Hobie as a champion of change for enhancing employment and educational opportunities for people with disabilities. And he, maybe this is jealousy speaking, but he has acquired two awards that I have aged out of and will never be in the running for. 30 Under 30, Forbes Media, 30 Under 30's annual publication, named him as a leader in food and drink. And then he was named 40 Under 40 Tastemakers by the Wine Enthusiast, which is one of my favorites. He is fun, funny, smart, inspiring. He has an amazing palate and sensory when it comes to wine so I thought it would be really fun for us to taste some wines together in our sip spotlight this week for the first time ever we have a quadruple sip spotlight we have four wines we each brought two to the table didn't tell the others what they were and you'll hear us kind of break it down and spoiler alert I may have snuck one of my Solovato Sangioveses into the tasting without telling him so you have to hear what he thinks so excited for you to get to know Hobie. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're here today. Nikki, thank you. thank
0: you so much. You know, we've been fast friends for a long time, and uh, just getting to, getting to chat with you on air is so much fun. And I'm so proud of everything you've done. You've just, your, your, your entry from the time that you entered into the industry to where you are now is like almost gives me chills to think about. It's awesome. Dude, this is not about me, okay? No, but 12 (laughs) years in the industry and you're already doing all this stuff. You're doing your podcast, you're doing your own wine. It's like... That's so cool.
1: Well, I might be taking after someone I know who also is a multi-passionate entrepreneur who might have his hand in a million different products Too and many. projects at one time. So Too many. we're two birds of a feather. We are,
0: but we we somehow we seem to manage all the obligations.
1: Well, I remember the first time I met you. I think that's a good starting place yeah. for our conversation today. So when I was working at Pride. You came and actually taught the staff members, the tasting room wine educators, That's right. um, in a uh, in a you led us in a quote unquote blind tasting,
0: tasting in the dark. Yeah, we did the whole uh, sensory experience with different aromas, and you know, really tried to feature the. And it's not hard to do this. We featured the pride wines and just let people understand, hey, how these how this growing region in where we are in California, Northern California, Napa Sonoma particularly just shines through the amazing wines.
1: Well, it was such an interesting experience because I remember you had special blindfolds for us and you lined us up in the wine caves. We were like single file and we kind of choo-choo trained into the room where the tables and all the glassware (laughs) were set up.
0: This this is
1: at least 10 years ago. I'm trying
0: to think back. At least 10 years ago. I think it was.
1: And then you had glasses in front of us with all of the different wines that the winery makes and reds and whites were interspersed. all mixed in and (laughs) everything was at the same temperature and I remember there was a moment where I picked up our Viognier which is a very full-bodied white wine very floral and aromatic and for a quick moment when it hit my lips I was like is this Cabernet Franc
0: which is a very floral
1: aromatic red wine listener.
0: (laughs) I can completely understand that you know association because they're both big and flowery and Nikki, this reminds me of a, of a fun story. I was doing an event for the Institute of Masters of Wine at um, Timber Cove um, a while ago, and they were doing a, a whole California tour, which they do every five years or so. Every year they go to a different region. And I had a chat after the experience with Tim Atkin, who's a, a great master of wine from uh, uh, London, England. And he said, you know, it's interesting because when you can see a wine and you can guess by its color, okay, this is a Sauvignon Blanc, a whole dropdown of sauvignon Blanqui terms comes to mind. And when Is that you don't a word
1: sauvignon Blancy. That's a word, a word for today. Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> Let's check it. Okay. <laughs> those 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 Blanc <laughs> terms come to mind and, and they're in your mind. And when you when you can't see the wine, that doesn't happen. So you end up kind of second guessing yourself, just mm-hmm. like you're saying. For the listeners who like to try a lot of different wines and who are nerdy like us. Excuse I mean,
1: me. What did you just call? Nerdy me? like
0: me. Uh-huh, okay.
1: Yeah. No, we are. We are. <laughs> we are two nerds sitting here at um, my kitchen table. Yes. We love
0: it. But but you know, seriously, try a Viognier like Nikki mentioned next to a Cabernet Franc, and you'll notice they're really similar. Mm-hmm. There's some. And and by the way, because they were grown in the same area on the same mountaintop, they're going to be even more similar.
1: Gosh, I have so many things I want to talk about with you. So I'm trying to like totally focus. So let's do this. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about just kind of what brought you into the world of wine and what brought you into the world of chemistry with your PhD in chemistry (laughs) and which came first and how does one help you with the other?
0: Oh, man, I I love this question. So I would say that wine actually came first because I grew up in southern Sonoma County in the town of Petaluma. Petaluma! And I've always had this love for what I call hyperlocality. So things that are happening right around me that people notice. And I, my parents are not in the industry, but they were home winemakers a few years before oh. I was born. I don't and know had, if I knew that. Really? Yeah, I don't know if I told you that. But my dad and, and mom together made some really nice Zinfandel from Dry Creek. And Cabernet, actually from the Sierra Foothills, Cabernet Sauvignon, that I got to smell and taste little bits of um, in my early childhood because they were still drinkable then. Now the most recent vintage they have is from '82, <laughs> and they're tasting a little bit, a little bit vinegary. But I'll, I'll okay. have to see if my dad can open one because they're, they might be fine. But what I let me get get back here though, I, I was just thinking through this love for hyperlocality for. You know, where does the water come from that enters my house? Where does, you know, gray water go when it leaves the house? How does power get to the house? These sorts of things. And I just had this innate interest in the wine industry because I knew that grapes were being grown virtually in my backyard and then turned into this world class juice and then sold around the world as Sonoma County wine. So I, I would like smelling wines and going out to vineyards and listening to tractors move earth and smelling, man, you know, when a tractor digs up a big pile of earth and you just smell that beautiful wet soil. It's just incredible. So I've always loved these sorts of things. And then I did go to school at UC Davis and took a couple of wine appreciation classes. One on an intro to winemaking, and one on wines of the world. And and which actually was during your undergrad, during undergrad, and then uh-huh. and then while I was a grad student during my first year, one of my electives was um, really delving into the biochemistry and organic chemistry of wine, which oh. was
1: sorry, I just. <clears throat>
0: Okay, now I'm good. Continue. No, which was uh, a, a lot of fun to, <laughs> to study that, that stuff. And- when
1: I hear the words organic chemistry, <laughs> this just like involuntary, like rolling oh. under my tongue starts, you know. I'm still getting over being scarred from my undergrad. But please, I'm continue. Sure you did, just don't I say sh- the O-C words I'm sure you again. Did very
0: well in that class.
1: Oh, so well. I took it twice because I didn't pass it the first time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, but I, I, you know, for me, it was it was an experience that really pulled me into wine with family. My partner, Justin's stepfather, actually got us excited about wines, really nice California wines. He's the one who introduced us to Pride. And I remember my first taste of something that really blew my mind was actually a glass of the 2001 Pride Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow. And it was just this stunning glass of wine, those were the Bob Foley days, so it was big and ripe and cool and I don't know, just it's just full of flavor and full of this, you know, really interesting complexity that I would never tasted before. And then when I was uh, just finishing my undergraduate tenure and starting grad school, I got a call from Francis Ford Coppola's team who wanted to do an interesting, truly blind tasting, which developed into tasting in the dark, for their guests as a hospitality experience for consumers at their Sonoma County wineries. And when Francis Ford Coppola calls and asks if you'll do something, <laughs> you say yes. And then you hang up the phone and realize, oh, no, what did I just agree to? <laughs> but I was able to, he really gave me the reins with it and let me innovate. Did deep. you
1: speak to him, Him, actually him?
0: Talked to one of his business partners. Okay, and, and they were like, hey, this is something we want to do. We met him several times later, but it was... You talked to his consigliere. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that's exactly who she was. And um, that's hilarious. And, you know, this experience got launched. One thing led to another. And soon the national sales team picked it up. And the lucky thing for me about being a computational organic chemist is my laptop was my laboratory. And I had an advisor who really understood, you know, what I what I was doing and wanted me to try all sorts of different pathways. So he was totally fine with me traveling a lot and exploring as long as I got my, my graduate work done. But I met all these amazing people in this industry. And and that's the thing that I would say so um, first and foremost about the wine industry is that people are amazing. You know, they just, they pull you in, right?
1: Because we're birds of a feather. Because right. we're not only a little bit nerdy with how things make us feel when we right. smell and taste and wondering why, but right. we just tend to be... Um, I don't know a little more f- uh, high
0: feeling on the
1: feeling yeah. scale,
0: right? Well, and we' I'm all generalizing. Are, but. we all are artists that happen to be scientists as well, <gasps> you know, and well, you just said it so much better than no, I was no, trying to say it.
1: Say that again, that's
0: awesome. We, we are as wine people, birds of a feather, as you say, mm-hmm. we are both artists and scientists, mm-hmm. and I think wine is this amazing little field, little micro field, if you will. Where we can straddle that intersection that is so fine between art and science, figuring out what is science versus what is art. Wine is both. Mm -hmm. You know, I consider winemakers artists who happen to know a little biochemistry. Mm -hmm. You know, and, Mm. and because it's your craft, you are a winemaker, and I can say this to you: your art form goes into that bottle and is what you taste, what your friends and customers taste when they enjoy your wines right so I just got pulled in and attracted to this industry tasting in the darks expanded to beer and spirits and oil and vinegar and all all sorts of markets and industries around you know around the world but it's like this whenever I get to work with wine it it brings me home wine feels like home in so many respects and going back to chemistry when I was in high school I took uh, a chemistry class and just fell in love with the science And the instructor really wasn't sure how this would work and was not very motivating to the fact that I loved chemistry and wanted to study chemistry at the undergraduate level until I told her that, hey, nobody can see atoms. Everything we do is cerebral, right? You might be able to see a reaction change color. You might be able to see some gases effervesce or or being evolved from a reaction flask. But we actually spend huge amounts of money in the chemistry industry, chemical industry, designing eyeballs, designing things that can see and detect light at wavelengths that we cannot see. Because if we look at the electromagnetic spectrum from radio waves, which are very long, almost two meters long, all the way to gamma rays, which are peak on the scale of picometers long, the little tiny, tiny range we can see is from 400 to 700 nanometers, right? That's a little tiny speck. The way I look at it is if you were to draw a line From here, where we are sitting in northern Santa Rosa, down to Petaluma, the range, and that represents the whole electromagnetic spectrum, the range that we can see in visible light is probably about a tenth of a mile. I did that calculation before coming here just to to make this point. Wow. So much of chemistry is non-visual, and I fell in love with that part of it, and the fact that I can do organic chemistry, and sorry about the word, and use that... (laughs) use my mind for what I've had to do ever since I was a toddler for my survival as a blind traveler because I can't see anything. I visualize things and, you know, literally the thought of turning one finicky molecule into another is not that different than thinking about how to get from here to the local Safeway on foot. You know, It's the same sort of thing. I can imagine streets and buildings and think about atoms and how they connect by bonding in in the same exact vein. And when I to bring this back to wine, you know, for me, when I when I smell wine, I literally see flavor. I, I really feel like it's the closest thing for me to looking at a painting when I smell a glass of wine and think about it and understand it. And you know, some art forms, we're very subjective with visual. Or, sorry, we're very objective with visual art. You know, you might look at a painting and say, "Yeah, that's gorgeous." You might look at another one and say, oh, this is hideous. Why would I hang that on my wall, right? But the same thing is true with wines. You know, people are so often so subjective about wine because they don't necessarily quite know what they like. So I advise all listeners to drink more wine and be decisive and see what you like and see what you don't like because wine is a tapestry of flavor and color and aroma and texture. And, you know, I wanted to teach chemistry. My goal was to make freshman chemistry fun to a group of 400 freshmen at 8 a.m. on a Monday after a long (laughs) weekend of partying. And I taught enough chemistry classes in graduate school to realize that I was making my lectures very accessible to my students, but not accessible to myself. And what I love about wine and about the product development work that I do all across the wine and spirits industry and, and food industry, too, is that I'm able to use my chemistry every day and I'm able to teach about chemistry. So I'm able to do both things that I've always loved.
1: You, uh, speaking about being a big feeler, you took my breath away about two paragraphs ago with something that you said, and I'm still recovering because it was so beautiful when you said about when you smell wine. Yeah. It's like the closest thing you can have to looking at a piece of artwork. Am I paraphrasing it? You're saying exactly
0: right. Or feeling a, or or being in nature, you know, or these things that I imagine what it's like to see. I feel like the same neurons are stimulated when I taste wine. Mm. And for me, like, honestly, Nikki, it's not like my palate was was developed just because I'm blind and I have heightened senses, even though a a lot of people think. Training your palate, as, as you've learned as well, mm-hmm. takes practice. Mm-hmm. It's like learning to play a musical instrument really well. We
1: really have to drink so much wine I know. to get shame, good at right? this, right?
0: But, but, it's, <laughs> but it's like when you're walking down the grocery aisle, smell the celery, smell the parsley, smell the cilantro, smell the basil, smell the Asian pears, smell the pears, smell the blackberries. So when we can taste a wine and we say, hey, Nikki, do you taste the lemon in here? You say, Yeah, I do. And you remember what lemon smelled like Mm -hmm. because so often we use our eyesight to obtain 85 to 90% of our information from our surroundings, right? Which means that aromatics and flavors are just another language. They're just words in another language, but so often our aromatic vocabularies aren't where they should be. So I encourage anyone who wants to get more into wine just as a consumer or as a winemaker Build that aromatic vocabulary so you can speak about the flavors and textures and aromas of wine. And once you do that for wine, you can do it for anything. It's, um, I love when you talk about this topic because
1: I have tried to explain it to people over the years when you say, smell everything, smell the flour, smell the yeah. produce, right? I call it developing that card catalog in your brain. That's what it is. Because you're not going to be able to say, oh, this wine has hints of current. No. If you can't identify and remember what a current smells like. So by smelling it and sort of filing it away in that drawer in your brain, um, then having the recall to then notice it, recognize it in wine and be able to pull that drawer out,
0: remove that card and say, yep. That's current. That's it. Right? And and, you know, it's so funny because we do that with color. You have the card catalog in your mind of color when you're a child, right? I tested this with my nephew who's six years old. I held a red pen up in front of him and I said, hey, Rito, what color is this? And he said, Uncle Hobie, that's a silly question. It's a red pen. But then I blended up some peach in a cup and I didn't let him see it. And I said, what does that smell like? He said, I don't know. Sweet. And I did that to prove that We need to take some time to hone those card catalogs for a sense that we don't often train enough. Mm
1: -hmm. That's, that's, ah, I love it.
0: And I have to give a shout out to all of the European Union they just focus so much. We do a lot in Italy. I know you're from Italy originally. Your family's from Italy originally. That's right. A, 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 it has a really soft spot in both of our hearts. Um, the whole country of Italy and Italian Although you've food. spent
1: more time there, I think, no, in the last three I years. Uh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm just saying that there's like food and beverage are so important there mm-hmm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I just I want so badly for people in this country to realize the importance of taking time to smell things. When you're driving to work and you're feeling stressed, open the window and smell the air. I don't care whether it's raining or whether it's blazing hot outside. Get that, that, smelling things will relax you. Mm. It will relax you. Why do you think that is? For me, it's because and I can't speak for other people, but for me, it's because I know when I'm really in tune with these senses that I have to be focused and not focused on other things. So it's a way for me to clear my head. It's almost meditative for me. I love that. And by the way, I always like, maybe I drink more wine than I should, but for me, it doesn't matter what night of the week it is, but coming home after a long, stressful day, even if I have been remembering to smell my surroundings and smell the air, having a glass of wine while I cook is just therapeutic. Mm. Oh, it's I'm right there calming. with you. Mm-hmm. It goes right at the top of my cutting board. Mm-hmm. You know, it just hangs there. And, and, and not drinking to drink, but drinking to smell and taste and analyze the wine and think about it and almost take it as a challenge. It's just fun. It is. And it's I agree. It's wine is a
1: part of my cooking ritual as yes. well. Um, and yes. that's why I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to think about the dry January. Sorry, folks, because yeah. it's such a part of the cooking ritual it itself. Is. Right. So no. we're on the same page with that.
0: One of the things that that I really want to want to talk about just briefly here as it relates to the, you know, the the amazing benefits of wine There's this uh, kind of movement that I don't want to get myself in trouble, but the the (laughs) neo-prohibitionism movement, you know, where the millennials and Gen Zers are looking at what everybody else is doing, trending on on social media. So now a lot of them are like not drinking anything and doing cold plunges into icy ponds. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I can't say that alcohol is healthy, but let me tell you about the complex organic chemistry that takes place in a bottle of wine that's present in a bottle of wine wines have these go ahead make
1: chemistry sexy go
0: wines have thank you for that opportunity i always love when i can make chemistry sexy (laughs) wines have these compounds in them called flavonoids and flavonoids are flavorizing molecules one of the most common ones is resveratrol and if you look it up it is so incredibly healthy.
1: It's antioxidant and anti-aging, totally right? Resveratrol. Yes. and lower it's blood pressure. Used in skincare products and yep. yeah.
0: Yep, and red wines have more of it than any other food or drink that we that we'd necessarily eat. Well, that's why the, I look the way I do, right, Hobie? Uh, I mean, look, look at me. Look hey, at you. Don't look a day over twenty. Okay. <laughs> um, the other the other thing that that really is amazingly healthy, is a class of compounds compounds called catechins, and particularly epicatechin. No, but catechins, and in particular epicatechin, is this amazing class of antioxidant that is also in the class of flavonoids that is like a miracle drug. Anti-diabetic, blood pressure lowering, heart health, all this stuff. And you, you get it by drinking red wine. And there's another fact here that I think is really cool. Which is that your cells have membranes, which we call selectively permeable. Some things are allowed in, some things aren't. Well, alcohol can permeate most cell membranes very easily and readily. So when alcohol gloms on to some of these really healthy things, is like is glom an
1: official chemistry word? Oh, totally. Okay. We
0: glom all the time. When I wrote my uh, when I wrote my my doctoral thesis, glom was yeah, it probably appeared. More times than it is. G glam Glom. O-M, glom. M- glom together. No, glam. Glam. Glom. But when these when these things glom. When if you're these, from New Jersey, glom. Glom. When these <laughs> things glom onto alcohol mo- ethanol molecules, they come into your cell, and then often the ethanol goes out and the little goodness stays in your cell. So the other really good compounds in wine are polyphenols, biphenols. Mm-hmm. Um, antioxidants in general wine is the best antioxidant for you Mm -hmm. Um, just in so many ways and and we're talking about red wine white wines also have some good chemistry too
1: but the four wines that you and I are about to taste right now are all red so there's that so we're about to
0: we're about to taste mostly reds and what I'm trying to say is that a little bit of wine is not bad for you
1: Okay, well, let's have some. That's a perfect, perfect point to move into our Sip Spotlight. Sip Spotlight. So um, this is the first time in so many, many, many episodes of Sip with Nikki, 11, um, Mm -hmm. that we are having a quadruple Sip Spotlight. So when you and I were uh, prepping, <laughs> we we had a plan, you and I, we that did. we would each bring one wine to the table yep. that we would cover and, quote, blind taste each other on. So we don't know what it is. And we were each supposed to bring a wine. And I couldn't decide, so I picked two. And when you showed up today, you had...
0: Two wines as well. Two I as well. Decide. <laughs> so without we talking have... to each other, we ended up
1: with four instead. We're of both ten. nerds. We're both overachievers, yeah. and we better get working because we got four wines here.
0: And for me, just just really quickly, Nikki, for me, what's so special about tasting wine with someone like you is that, you know, it's not about tasting and guessing. And the tasting in the dark event that we do is not at all about guessing or anything like that. The, the blindfold is really, and we're not blindfolded here or anything. The blindfold oh, in that. Should I be? No, 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 no. Okay, in that tasting. The blindfold is just meant to focus your attention a little bit differently than it's normally focused. But here, Nikki and I are just really into flavors and aromas and regions and this sort of thing. So we're gonna talk about where these, like, what these wines taste like and just have a casual, but I'm sure, nerdy discussion about um, wine.
1: Thank you, Justin. Justin is here on the sidelines. Hey, Justin pouring this beautiful wine and so okay so here's a confession so immediately i want to talk about the color of this wine
0: let's do it and if you can explain the color to me that would be really fun
1: well is that the right thing to do or am i relying on my 85 percent of sight in my
0: experience you're sight you're you're, we're both in our normal environment you're sighted i'm not so feel free to explain the color but first cheers friend
1: cheers So, I am just looking at it right now, and the first thing I noticed when it was hitting the glass, it is not purple. Right. It has a very garnet, ruby, almost brickish color, which immediately leads me to believe it might have a little bit of age Mm -hmm. on it Mm -hmm. because of the, the saturation of color, and also because the edges of the wine that go to the glass feather out and look a little watery. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not water because I know the chemistry of wine, but that is... And these glasses
0: were dry, by the way. We know that. Yes, yes, yes.
1: But the color differentiation between the outside of this wine and the middle of this wine is different. Yeah. Which is also, for me, a clue that, again, this is probably not a wine from a year or two or five years ago, but Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit older than
0: that. Mm
1: -hmm. Am I on the right track?
0: Yes, and it might be from a little bit of a different region than you might be thinking right now.
1: Okay, so...
0: So, let's smell. Okay. So, when I smell that wine, it is really interesting. The first thing that comes to mind is honey.
1: And I got, like, licorice. Yeah. Or, like, star anise.
0: Oh my gosh, I totally see what you mean. Star anise. And then for me, there's like some really nice uh, blackberry, mm. like ripe blackberry. And then for me, when I cover the glass with one hand and mm-hmm. swirl, mm-hmm. this wine pops out with just amazing, amazing uh, floral aroma. So we're going to hold our Ooh, hand on top for just a yeah, second smell. Yeah, I just smell. did that.
1: I, I, You always remind <sighs> me to do that and I love it and I don't know why I do it. I don't do it more often to sort of concentrate yes. the aromas in there and then move your hand away. And it's, it's
0: like, how? And it like. And it almost to ooh. me is a little bit herbaceous. But I, I, I also that get a little herbal. bit of. Um, Daphne, you know, the flower that. Who's she? What does she smell like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that an ex girlfriend? Uh, <laughs> Daphne.
0: Oh, but it really is. If you haven't smelled the flower Daphne before, you should. Find it because See, it that is in, not
1: in my card catalog. I in, can't recall Daphne.
0: I'm going to find a Daphne flower and bring it to you because it blooms <gasps> so in romantic. late February, early March. Okay. And it has this amazing like citrus slash herbal okay. character that I love. My really?
1: mouth is watering to no, taste this wine. Taste I haven't it. tasted it yet. I've just been admiring it and the beauty of the um, subtlety of the color and let's,
0: those notes. Let's taste it. Some wines, as they age, get a kind of tobacco nose.
1: I was just going to say this wine has one of my most favorite notes that I don't get on every single 10-plus-year-old wine, but on many. And it's dried tobacco, like when you pick up an unlit cigar in the cigar shop and hold it like a mustache under your nose. I've been I known love to do a lot that. of this. <laughs> and I absolutely got that on this yeah. coupled with a really nice pucker of acidity that yep. made me squinch my mouth a little bit, but in a yummy, yummy way. And then it made my mouth water
0: just because we're nerds. I, I picked up something that really, really strikes me in this wine. It's, it's that tobacco. Yes, but it's also like old leather. Yes. So what I get reminded of here is like walking through an old university library. Kind of that old, old book smell. You would get that. A little dusty. But then, you know, what library doesn't have a really nice cigar? hanging out in
1: the stacks <laughs> you'll get booted expelled from that library <laughs> smoking a cigar in there is that what happened to me is that why i got expelled? spelled Probably this is. wine is stunning it is there's lots of layers in the glass um i want to sit on my leather recliner on this rainy saturday with this and just let it tell me its story for the next hour and with a half with your
0: cuddly white great pyrenees right next to you yeah Yeah. it's stunning that's fun i I just it's unique and it's something i really wanted to wanted to share with you what do you think if i were to ask you what country is this from well now think about our common interest
1: i mean i'm gonna say italy
0: that is correct (laughs) that is correct but i
1: can't say that there was anything glaring in the I'm not good enough where I'm guessing that because of something I smelled or tasted. I'm kind of guessing that because I know you and you know me.
0: (laughs) Think about the the lighter color. Yeah. A lot of the Italian red wines don't have that purple hue that we see in California red wines. Yeah. So it's kind of got that. It might not actually be quite as old as we think. This is actually a Chianti Classico nice. from Italy. And and considering our, our common interest, I thought it would be really fun to share this.
1: Basilica Solaccio? Is that how you say yep. it? Yep.
0: So this is, I believe this is coming from Basilicata. And what year is it?
1: 20. I had to put on my new progressive lenses to read it. That's one thing as I
0: get older that I'm excited I'll never have to deal with. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta give the nice. stark too oh my god i, I love the it too. yeah
1: <laughs> see see nice um 2013
0: so not quite that old you know 11 okay, years old but i said 10 plus and so we're there yeah, we're there
1: that is a beautiful wine that and it has the um chianti classico black rooster on it um the chicken, yes. which is the mark of authenticity.
0: And of course, this is from Chianti.
1: Yeah. I, that's going to be delicious with our um, wood fire pizza night that we're oh doing when this is I over. That's
0: going to be wonderful.
1: Um, okay. Should we do All your right. second wine next? Let's do it. Okay. Already, yeah. this wine
0: Thank you for it. has um, a lot deeper color. And, and really... For this wine in particular, but every time I I pour a, a new glass of wine in a glass that I've just sipped out of, I like to really roll the glass around to coat the inside with juiciness mm. of the as possible. It smells like Ooh. It smells like California, doesn't it? Not? It
1: does. It just some fruit, mm-hmm. some like j- fruity preserves just jumped out of the glass you, into my nose in a beautiful bet. way. You bet. Oh wow, Strawberry. so different than the last wine that we just had. Totally so different. different.
0: And the color here, maybe you can describe that to us.
1: Um, it is definitely has more of a purple uh, hue mm-hmm. than the last wine, which was more bricky, garnet, ready. This sure. has undertones of of purple to it, which sure. and not so feathered on from the outside to the inside. So that tells me. This is not as old as Mm -hmm, the other one. mm -hmm. This wine has high tannin. Yes. It is percolating on my tongue. Oh, yes. With dryness and astringency.
0: I feel like I can see purple when I taste that. I don't know. Dude, stop rocking my world with statements like that, okay? (laughs) I don't know what purple uh, looks like, but we were walking the other day, and I pulled a leaf off of a bush, and I said, Justin this smells like what green should be. And it's like this fresh cut, grassy, like earthy smell. And he said, oh, I can see that. So
1: so you've created associations to mark, quote, color right. in your psyche that are related to aroma.
0: Yeah, and, and, and flavor, because I've never seen color. I've just had to listen to people and what they say looks a certain way. I, I tend to make my own funny associations, some of which I'm sure are very far from correct.
1: <laughs> well, like my dog is white like snow, which is actually very correct. <laughs> this is fun, so, but so different than what we it's just. It's so had. different,
0: and it is very different in the grape varietal as well. I and think it's, it's from California. Totally, it's mm. almost
1: Zinfandel-like with the ripe fruit leading. Take,
0: take a sip of this wine and breathe some air through it, and really oxidize those tannins. Of- This is, you feel the astringency grow. And right? this
1: wine is higher alcohol
0: Definitely. than the
1: last one. Not in a bad way, but I'm no. just aware of it. Little, it's we
0: would say hotter. Yep.
1: Giving it weight and body in my mouth too.
0: The other thing that I, I love about that little trick of oxidizing the tannins and feeling the astringency pop out is it shows you on a very granular level why it's important to open red wines a little bit before you drink them and let them oxidize themselves to bloom those tannins out.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, here's my chemistry question. Yeah. Sorry, I just took a piece of bread to cleanse my palate. That's a good when idea. you decant or aerate a wine, mm-hmm. my understanding of the chemistry of what's happening is that the tannins themselves aren't actually diminishing, correct? But the other elements of the wine are coming forward, correct. which changes the perception of the tannins. Y-
0: yes, and it yes. makes it really yes. takes it. You Old nailed starter. it. <laughs> actually, what did I say? I know a I know a little. Know a little. <laughs> you know your stuff. Okay. Yeah. So. I want you to take, I know you just clenched your palate, I'm sorry, but I'm I want good. you to take one more sip of the wine.
1: Okay, because that's all I have left.
0: And I want you to swish it around your mouth like mouthwash. It's very bossy, you guys. And very I know. bossy. I can't control it, sorry. And then breathe a little air through it, and then tilt your, your, your jaw up and literally move your mouth as if you're chewing. I literally just chewed my wine. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, right?
1: Because It the changes wine... the texture of the wine. Like now I have these yes. beautiful tannins, and I like tannin in wine. I have these Some beautiful tannins on my teeth, and I love it. But a piece of cheese would neutralize the heck out of that in a good way.
0: Totally. And and I also feel like when we chew on our wine, we're showing our palate different aspects of the wine that we wouldn't necessarily be seeing, for lack of a better word, because we we don't normally chew on liquids.
1: Yeah. No, right? I love to I love to chew my wine. So you're going to stop keeping me in suspense and tell me what this I'm wine is. I'm very
0: excited to tell you what this wine is. This right. is not available on the market. This is Francis Ford's Francis Ford Coppola's family wine that he makes for his family that they give folks that work with the winery stop as a it. gift. Stop and I wanted you to taste this because it's a really fun It's their wine. It's made from the Rubicon, the Inglebook Estate. In Rutherford. In Rutherford. In the Napa Valley. Yep. And he, this is the, he influences all the winemaking process, but this is the one where he really gets his hands dirty and, and helps make it.
1: Oh my goodness, Hobie! Yeah. Thank you for sharing this. Sorry, guys, no link in the show notes to get Sorry, this one. This wine. does not sell, but um, it'll
0: also be good later. you
1: will have to go knock on Francis's door and ask him if he'll share the family wine with you. Amen. That is a special treat. Thank you so much. And it's Cabernet so Sauvignon. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's California a, Cab.
0: Yeah. California Cab. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, there's probably a little bit of um, your other Bordeaux reds in there. Maybe a little Cab Franc or Merlot. But this okay. this wine was given was gifted in 2017.
1: You've been cellaring so, this at your yeah, home, and yeah. this is what you picked to bring to the podcast recording.
0: Heck yeah! I love you so much, friend. Yeah, Thank this you. Is what, this, I was so excited about doing this. Okay, Beautiful. I am. I am like so excited to try your first wine.
1: Okay, so you guys, I just poured my first of two wines, and I made sure that it was covered up with a bag so he oh couldn't gosh. see the Thank label. Thank you, because you
0: know I like to cheat. Cheater, I cheater, big <laughs> So what's the color on this, Nikki? Mm.
1: It is more subtle in its color, more of that purple hue than the brickish red. Okay. Color's not as concentrated as either of the last two wines that we had.
0: So it's a little bit more garnet, if you will?
1: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's kind of in the middle of the last two. It's not as okay. purple as the Coppola. It's not as brickish as the aged Chianti. Got it, got it, got this, it's it. It's kind of right in the middle.
0: Yeah. So not... Looking like it's probably looking like a wine, just color-wise, from within the past five to seven years.
1: Yes. Uh huh. Yep. Not a huge differential in the middle to the outside that rim variation, as we call it. I'm gonna
0: say cheers on your first wine. Cheers. Heck yeah. I never, I never miss an opportunity to clink. I'm gonna smell this. Okay. Wow.
1: See, you're saying wow, and for me, and maybe it's just because I know what it is. It no. does. It's not leaping out of the glass That's with okay. n- punching me like the last two did. It's no, just no, no, a little no. more subtle on the
0: nose. This is this is very fruit forward, but it's got a lot of really neat um, sort of viney character, sort of a, a like a a bit of a leafy character on the nose, which I really like. A little bit of green pepper, which is also really nice, which is making me think. This is I know this is very early, but it's making me think it has some cab franc in it. I will tell
1: you it's 100% really? of one variety, okay. as far as I know.
0: Okay, I'm going to cover Because I use
1: my Vivino app in the mm. store. I love my Vivino app. My listeners have heard me talk about it before. I was Heck definitely yeah. scanning this label.
0: I love Vivino. That is really nice. You know what I like about this, Nikki, is that the acid level is a little bit higher. It's a little bit acidic, so it really crisps the palate. Not horribly tannic.
1: No, nope, no, nope, not horribly tannic. So that would guide us to uh, guess certain grapes mm-hmm. and maybe eliminate others.
0: So I would probably eliminate what would I call the Bordeaux reds. I'd probably eliminate Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, Merlot.
1: This wine has a funny finish on my mouth because it it's been about twenty-five, thirty seconds that I had a, since I had a sip, and it's yeah. still it's hanging out. But I don't know if I love. What is hanging out what
0: I taste are some wood tannins mm. a slight bitter note I'm gonna guess this to be an Italian a grape that originates from Italy nerd but maybe not from Italy but maybe from Italy I'm don't second guess
1: your instinct sir
0: I I really so let me explain what I'm thinking it's it's got a lightness like an Italian grape and I can tell it's probably one of the one of the many Amazing Italian grapes, but it has this interesting depth that I don't feel like the Italian climate offers. So it's like, it's an Italian, I think it's an Italian grape grown in California, if I had to guess.
1: It is an Italian grape, but it's from Italy.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: is a Sangiovese from Puglia. Really, it is not from Chianti, Tuscany, oh Chianti Classico, and yes. this wine was four ninety nine in Trader Joe's today. I love it. <laughs> I freaking love it. Four dollars and ninety nine cents. Awesome.
0: It does not drink like a four dollar four dollar nine cent bottle. I did
1: not have high hopes. It's called Griffin. G r i f o n e. I'll put the link in the notes. Um, but it is a Sangiovese 2021 That's from amazing. the Puglia region. So not we're not calling it Chianti because it's not from the region, Chianti right. or Chianti Classico. But it is a Sangiovese grape from Italy.
0: And what I love about this too is that um, Puglia has such a great wine growing climate that about, I think it's about 70% of the Italian wines that we see in the United States are actually grown in Puglia.
1: You've spent a lot of time there recently, have you not?
0: We have. We're starting a little uh, company with some really amazing Italian partners in the northern region of Italy called Bolzano in Mm -hmm. South Tyrol. Um, All around emotional intelligence and product design. And yeah, it's fun.
1: So here's our fourth wine of our tasting.
0: Fourth and final.
1: Okay. It's in front of you, sir.
0: Thank you, my good friend. You're welcome. Now, Now thoughts, initial thoughts about color here. Darker than the
1: one we just had. Okay. Um, Medium concentration of color. Uh, It appears to be a younger wine Mm because I'm not seeing a lot of the feathering of color on the edges. So that leads me to believe, I mean, I know what this wine is, but that's, if I didn't know, I would use that to guide me to say that this is probably a wine that's only in the last five years.
0: Sure. And I'm just going to smell it here. Wow, the aroma, definitely a younger wine because the aroma is really bright. Mm. I get a lot of um, like cherry compote. Like if you took cherries and baked them with some sugar and some vanilla, it's really nice there. Oak notes are coming out, a lot of vanilla. Purple, little purple flowers, like yeah.
1: violets or something yeah, or like that. Yeah, or
0: like honeysuckles or like mm-hmm. kind of that tropical flower note. it's And the more I swirl this wine,
1: it's I'm going to do your your hand over the top of the glass while I swirl. I'm
0: going to do it too. I feel like this is opening up a lot as it sits in the glass.
1: I agree. It's changed just from when I smelled it a minute ago, which is kind of fun.
0: Yeah, this is really cool. And there's a little bit of... Oh, we didn't. Let's do it, friend. What I get here too is like almost a very light like cinnamon smell, cinnamon brown sugar... Kind of a cool, like, apple-y note. Mm. Apple, like... Like, baked apple. Like, apple that you might find in, in an pie? apple crisp or mm, something. Like,
1: crumble. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Wow. That is complex.
1: What does that mean? For people that don't no. know what that means. And and for me, I don't even know that. what that
0: means. Like, <laughs> So, there's a lot going on when it hits my palate. There's... First of all, I get I get really amazing mouthfeel. So I get this really nice, like blooming um juiciness is the way that I describe it. Like pulls Blooming it. Juiciness.
1: Catherine,
0: this is our first merchandise
1: <laughs> apparel item that we're going to sell on the podcast. Note that please in your notebook.
0: But it's but it's got this like it pulls from your mouth. It's almost it's an astringency caused yes. by the tannins. Yes but it's very what i would call extracted so there's so much flavor you know the difference between like a really kind of mellow chocolate cake that doesn't have that much cacao in it versus like oh my gosh this is such a decadent or like cake like a tort where yeah it's this just is like, like flowerless chocolate.
1: oh right but
0: it's not I, i'm not trying to imply to a listeners that this tastes like chocolate no
1: no no yeah but it's
0: that it's that mouthfeel and then the the flavor is full of fruit there's the floral note there's the spice notes that we discussed and then the oak adds sort of a layer of additional stuff so the three most complicated fluids that we know Excuse of Excuse me I
1: feel like this is going into another podcast <laughs> with another rating on it
0: the three most complicated fluids that we know of are blood red wine and olive oil and this to me like when i when i say i can see flavor like when i taste this this is this has a lot going on. This is a symphony with a lot of instruments. You've got the fruit in one section, all the different, you know, a little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of um, fig, a little bit of cherry compote, berries, a little bit of green apple, but like baked apples. So that's like the fruit section, right? And then you've got the spice section and the, I'm imagining this orchestra in my mind of, of this wine. This is most certainly a California wine. Correct. And I know that because it's got so much on the palate. It's got so much fruit. It's got so it was in the sun. It it was a wine that like these were happy vines.
1: Aw, that makes my heart happy just thinking about those happy vines. Well, are you ready for me to tell you what it is? Any final thoughts on this wine before we unveil it?
0: But this wine is
1: awesome. Wait, what was the t shirt? Blooming what was the blooming first blooming juiciness? Sw- I think blooming juiciness. I need. I drank it all, so I. I need more in my glass. hmm I'm gonna put a little more in your glass, sir. Okay. Thank you, friend. All right. What do you think this is?
0: So I really believe this to be a California Cabernet Sauvignon from 1819. That 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 time range, and I really do think this is probably. I do think it's Sonoma-Napa. It really tastes like it's from up here. It is Sonoma or Napa. You are correct. And the reason I think it's Napa, if I'm right about the Cabernet Sauvignon, is that, and I'm not saying anything bad. It's
1: not Cab. Redirect. It's not Cabernet. I'm taking the bag off so Justin can see what this is. Yes.
0: Yes. No, I'm just kidding. This is also Sangiovese, isn't it?
1: Why ever would you guess
0: that? Because it's got that Dry Creek fruit smell that I love so much.
1: <laughs> but it was masking as a cab. A little bit. Hobie.
0: Is this your juice? This is my freaking wine, dude. Oh, my God. This I is love it. This is
1: a vintage you have never had before. This is the 2021 Solovato. Oh, my St. God. St. Bravo. I'm that raising my you glass you to get in the bottle with the label to the market branding
0: oh. all of
1: it. Thanks oh my goodness!
0: This is Sangiovese 2021. Yes, it is. That I is thought silly. you were gonna
1: guess that That's what I was gonna put in there. That's why I had to throw the Trader Joe's wine in there oh to like. God. No, throw I throw like, you for a loop.
0: I, I thought you might you might try to trick me. So I, Ooh, I was thinking, my wine. This is my wine. Oh my gosh! Well, I feel very special and honored. <laughs> this, no, this <laughs> is really. Nikki, this. this is a beautiful glass. Thank you. I am so I'm excited do...
1: for you to try this because you have been so close to the project. Thank and you. you've tasted the 19, our first vintage, and you've tasted the 20, which you sent me hashtag chicken porn pictures the other day <laughs> of you ingesting with some buttermilk roasted chicken yeah. that I now need to try. It but was yummy. We'll not make you one. had this one, which was just bottled in November. Oh, my goodness.
0: And you know, one of my favorite things to do with the wine is I like to go outside and Um, because the outside air does something crazy special to wine. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going to take my glass outside, and I'm going to sniff and taste the wine.
1: Now, if it's pouring rain out, how does that change that experience?
0: Well, I think think the air, when it is raining, is the cleanest it ever is. And I love the smell of wet earth with wine. So I think it enhances it.
1: That's the other t-shirt right there. This, um, this is because so much fun post podcast recording. You guys are sticking around, and we're doing pizza night. I thought, right? well, we're gonna open one of these to have with our beautiful,
0: oh my goodness,
1: beautiful Dan Richer episode one inspired sourdough starter pizza.
0: Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you broke out Gladys.
1: Gladys. She's in the house. Gladys, you guys, is the name of our sourdough starter, and the reason we call her that, I think I've told you this, because she used to be in a Gladware container. I love Gladys. She smells good. Daphne, Gladys, you and all these (laughs) old ladies, Toby. I didn't know this about you. Um, Are you ready for our final segment, which is listener questions? I can't wait. Here we go. Woo! Listener questions. Amanda wants to know, what's one thing that you love teaching people about how you navigate the world, either the wine world or the everyday world? One thing you love teaching people about how you navigate the world?
0: I live as a blind person in a sighted world. Things take me a lot longer. Um, I have to be more patient. And what I've learned is that absolutely anything is doable with the right attitude with a positive attitude and a mindset that just lets you do whatever it is you want. Because the only thing in the way of you and your wildest dreams is your brain. And if you can let your brain empower those dreams, you're gonna rock it. And I I work on this every day, I'm not perfect. And I would just say, let your brain be your best friend, not your worst enemy.
1: Ooh, I think that's good advice relating to anything and, and anyone, right? Okay, thank you. Sally, an avid listener and perhaps a previous guest. Yes, hey Sally. Would like to know, what assumptions do you notice sighted people making about flavor based on visual information and what technique do you teach them to get past that bias?
0: People look at things and they know what they think it's going to be. And even if it's nowhere near what they think it should be, they're going to think it should be that way, and they're going to taste it and think their their first impression is going to dominate, is what I've found. Just like when you might look at someone and immediately judge them. You know, if you look at someone that's in ratty clothes in the subway station, you're going to think they might be not someone you want to talk to, when they might be one of the greatest people of all time. Um, so I just, I like to say you can't judge a book by its cover. And the way that I get around this with folks is that if I don't let people look at things before they taste them, they can't make those automatic assumptions.
1: Well, there you have it, people.
0: And if I were to give your listeners just a few words of, of you know, just some, some final thoughts, if you don't mind, never, never let your eyesight, use it because it's valuable, but never let it get in the way of your overarching experience with life. You, whoever you are with whatever you do, are amazing at what you do. Remember that. You're amazing. You do good work. Every one of our listeners here. You also are enough. As long as you deliver your personal best, that's enough. Nobody's alone in this world. We've got each other. Remember that. Your listeners can reach out to me anytime they want. Please put my email in the show notes.
1: I'm going to put your email your website, bio, your TED Talk, all the things will be in the show notes. You're so sweet. I love you you so much. I love you, Nikki. What a beautiful note to end on. This is great. Cheers, Cheers, and thank you for all your help with Solovato.
0: Oh, it's been amazing, and the best is yet to come.
1: Amen. Sip well, everybody. If that is not the most wonderful just virtual hug kick in the pants, motivation, and inspiration to think about the world that we walk in every day differently, then I don't know what else to give you. (laughs) What a special experience. I hope that you have taken away some new ideas about just how to use your senses and to be inspired by this man, because he is just something special. I want to thank Hobie so much for his time. He and his partner, Justin, with all of their different speaking endeavors and businesses, they told me that in the calendar year of 2023, they were home less than 60 days in their house. So they are busy traveling. So this was really an honor. Thank you so much, Hobie. You can learn more about him at his website, hobiewedler.com. You can reach out to him directly, hobie at com for email on all social media, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. It's just his name, Hobie, H-O-B-Y, Wedler, W-D-L-E-R. Check out his TED Talk, which you could find on his website. It's also very amazing and inspirational. I hope that you are enjoying this. Always remember, please like and rate this podcast. It helps Catherine and I to continue doing what we're doing and get the word out so more people can listen and be just as inspired as you are today. If you would take a moment on Apple Podcast to type a short couple sentence rating about what you think, that would be hugely appreciated. And also, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to buy me a glass of wine or pass it on, and next time I see Hobie, I will buy him a glass of wine from you, go ahead and uh, click the link in the show notes where you can support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you sip well. Sip with Nikki is hosted by Nikki Lamberti. Production and sound mixing by Katherine Bryan. You can always send your listener questions to Nikki at sipwithnikki.com or find us on the Sip With Nikki Facebook page or visit us on Instagram at Nikki Lamberti. Thanks for listening. Until next time, sip well, everyone. This is Sip With Nikki, a production of Take 10 Studios.